Welcome to Culture Dumps. This is Parks Miller. Uh, I am here without Ryan. Uh, I have a very, I have two very special guests with me. This is kind of like a bonus episode from our Tanya Harding uh, two-parter. Uh, we had a really good response to that, and uh, I've actually had a couple friends uh, reach out uh, because they previously were competitive figure skaters. So I'm going to introduce them in one second. Uh, but first, I did want to make one slight correction based on our part two episode. Uh, not qu quite a correction, but just something that I hadn't thought of that was kind of weird and uh, just needed to bring up. But Tanya Harding was, uh, she competed in the 92 Olympics and in the 94 Olympics. And uh, if you follow our Patreon, you'll know that I'm very bad at Olympic math. And I don't know when the Olympics are. So, but they're every four years. But basically, uh, it's my understanding that uh, they the Winter Olympics were just part of the normal Olympic program. Uh, but then what they decided to do was they started to stagger them. So every it's still every four years, but you know every two is the Olympics, and then every two is the Winter. So it happened. Ninety two was the last time that the Winter and Summer Olympics were together, and that's why Tanya Harding then was part of the first like independent winter Olympics in 94. So slight correction on the top. Um, but yeah, I'm here in Atlanta without Ryan because I have two friends who, uh, yeah, reached out and told me that they just were fascinated by the Tanya Harding thing and wanted to talk. So I'm very excited to have two figure skaters in the booth in the studio because I don't know anything about it. And it seems really fascinating that they did it. So I will introduce them uh, I have Lisa to my left if you want to say hi Lisa hi everyone and then I've got Haley to my right hi guys so um, thank you all both for being on the show and what we're gonna do is basically I wanted to talk to y'all about Tanya because you both were you both were competitively figure skating in the 90s uh, in like the aftermath of this whole Tanya Harding thing. So you're going to be able to give us a perspective that Ryan and I absolutely don't have of actually sort of like, how does that like affect the world itself? You know? And I mean, you know, like Ryan and I were podcast people. So if there's like pod, like what did last podcast do? It's kind of like has a little more, you know, uh, impact to us. And so that's kind of the same idea here. Um, so, what I want to do is ask you both individually, just like a little bit, how did you get started? Like what made you want to be a figure skater? And you can answer however you wish. Uh, for me, it was very much tied to the 1994 Olympics because my mom was watching them while she was pregnant with me. And she wasn't so much a Nancy Kerrigan or a Tanya Harding fan, but who actually won those 1994 Olympics was a Ukrainian figure skater by the name of Oksana Bayul, who was balletic and beautiful and really captured the hearts of a lot of Americans who were a little bit fed up with the Nancy Tanya drama. So my mom always had this dream that I would end up on skates. Um, and so I started ballet when I was two and then quickly got tired of ballet. And so she put me on skates at three and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. But you would say like your, your mom was like, she kind of had a, a dream. 
yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you started when you were three, but and this was Haley. So Lisa, how did you? What? How old were you when you started? And kind of what? was the genesis of it yeah um i was five um it actually started when uh my i think i was my with my sister but we were invited to a birthday party at uh the skating rink which at the time was called park air i'm sure people from atlanta remember park air but um when i was there supposedly i had to ask my mom this to remember remind me of what happened but supposedly someone came up to me and actually said that i look like the um the female skater in the pair skating team the russian pair skating team uh yukaterina gordieva and sergey grinkov oh, my favorite <laughs> <laughs> so i was told apparently that i look like yukaterina and um for some reason that made me want to start ice skating and so um they my mom started taking me to the group classes that they had and I was there for a year and after a year started taking private lessons so yeah so you had like a compliment at a very young age yeah like, oh young cool age. like um yeah. yeah I have gone ice skating uh, a total of one time <laughs> and I ate so much shit um, <laughs> I actually hated doing even rollerblading I'm just not it's not for me and I and did you say a birthday party yeah it was a birthday yeah, party yeah I hated because it was like there was just a time where everyone was going like skating mm-hmm. or yeah. skating or, fig- or ice skating. And um, those were miserable birthday parties for me. Um, <laughs> so, so you start, but you both started at like three and five. I mean, that's a really young age, but that's kind of how it goes, right? Absolutely. So like how quickly from doing, I mean, I guess it sounds like Haley for you is quite immediate, but like how quickly does it go from like just something you're doing to just like, okay, like, like if you start at three and you start at five, like how long was it until you were in a competition? For me, I think my first competition, I was seven um, because I started also in group classes just as Lisa did. And then by the time I was five, uh, we decided on private lessons because honestly, when you're three, you can't even walk really on the ground, on the normal ground. So it's a lot of just marching across the ice, um, and just learning to be comfortable with the ice. And that fear isn't there when you're so young. Mm -hmm. So it's really the comfort factor. And then when I was five, I believe I started private lessons. And then um, I came from kind of an old school coaching method. So I didn't compete until I was able to compete at a US figure skating sanctioned level. Uh, We can maybe get into that a little bit later, Uh, but basically there are, I think, eight different levels that U.S. figure skating sanctions and you have to take tests to pass them, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't really start competing until I reached those sanctioned levels. Mm. And that was at seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And, um, and, And for instance, like Tanya Harding started skating when she was three. Um, so Lisa, how about you? Like how long did it go until you started like competing? I think it, competition? I think I was around seven as well. I mean, it was the same thing you have to like, I think the first level is preliminary and you have to pass your preliminary moves and then the freestyle test before you can go and actually compete in that level. I think I might've been, it was either six or seven. I was either six or seven as well. Yeah. I think maybe we should explain a little bit as well because I was, I was listening to the podcast, obviously Mm -hmm. very intently. And I was, (laughs) I was noticing that you were saying, that there was the technical side of things and then what we call the artistic side of things. So that was the 
um, how you look and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a little bit different now. We can maybe get into that at the end. But I think the important thing is to notice that there are two separate tests that you have to pass. And one is the more technical free skate side of things. And then the other used to be called figures. It, it was literally the basis of figure skating. Mm-hmm. And now they call it um, moves in the field. So right. if you hear us reference that, mm-hmm. it's because we're referencing the two different tests okay. you have to pass. And so I think I, yeah. I think I can grasp like the technical side, and but it sounds like the figure is sort of that more like. If you want to tell me, it sounds like that's playing more into this like feminine ice princessness of it all, or is that an accurate description of it? Well, you want. I think you mentioned that you watched that tiny documentary mm-hmm. um the yeah. sharp, sharp edges. edges so yeah. there's a scene in it where they show she's doing these figures mm-hmm. where she's looking at the ice and like sort of drawing like a figure on the ice itself and there's like 18 judges like going and scrimming and looking at the ice to make sure it's oh, like perfectly formed I didn't so realize that yeah was that's what, what that was happening. and so basically you have to pass both the moves and then the freestyle test, which freestyle is basically your standard program jumps with music, and spins. jumps and spins. Okay. And then that, until you pass those two, then you can actually compete at that level. Okay. And so like Haley was mentioning, there's eight of those levels until you get to senior. Um, and so that's, yeah. that was maybe like something that probably didn't make sense when you were watching, but that's what that yeah. was. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's literally figures. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> figures in the ice. And as you were saying, uh, you kind of hinted at a little bit, but figures back in, in Tanya's time with that 6.0 judging system is where a lot of the politics would come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. right. Now, at those two Olympics, figures were not part of them, I believe. Um, they had already been removed from the competition. But coming up, Tanya would have had a lot of interesting judging, probably in her figures, because she didn't match the ideal aesthetic of a figure skater and so so when you so you're saying it figures and you're saying that there's the actual like literal figures on the ice but then it sounds like there is some sort of like the aesthetics is part of that judgment oh yeah yeah and so it's like the costumes or just like maybe even your demeanor right oh it's it's yeah i mean the usfsa i mean they definitely have uh, an image that they want to portray mm-hmm. to the world and yeah. compete against all the different nations. And so for them, it's really important that the person that's, you know, the, the group of girls that, or men that they're sending out, they have sort of this, you know, this look on them. It's almost yeah. like, you know, just um, like trying to think modeling of, agencies will yeah. talk about the look, mm-hmm. you know? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very similar in figure skating. And so in Tanya's case, she was so naturally gifted at the free skating types of things, the jumps, the mm-hmm. spins, the speed. She was a powerhouse. She was a yeah. powerhouse. Yeah. 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 And so if, because it's very hard to deny someone the scores in that event when they're landing everything, they're fast, you know, they're powerful. But in the figure side of things, that's where they could play with the judging a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you... Notice this in the in the documentaries that you watched, but a lot of times her scores for the free skating would be very competitive. Mm-hmm. She would be winning free skating portions. Mm-hmm. And then you would hear this narrative that, oh, but she didn't win the competition. Mm-hmm. And I think right. a lot of times there's a gap there. And the reason she didn't win 
is based on those figures mm -hmm. where you're making the tracings on the ice. And that's where it's really easy for judges at that time to be political and knock you down the standings because nobody was watching that. That mm -hmm. was a kind of, nobody wanted to stand there for eight hours and watch figures. So it mm -hmm. was a lot easier to maybe slide people down the order a little bit. Right, right. But then figures did get removed from the Olympics at some point. Yeah, it's not like a competitive, it's not part of like the competition mm -hmm. per se, but you have, you do have two separate programs. One's like the short program, which is more technical. You have mm -hmm. certain elements you have to hit. And then you've got the freestyle, which is kind of your standard, like that's where you kind of have a free for all. Like you have to have your minimum mm -hmm. technical stuff, mm -hmm. but you can kind of add in whatever you okay. player you want to have. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, and Lisa had mentioned some of this stuff that, which thank you, because we did incorporate um, that into the research, especially on episode two, but just kind of how much the image is really important to it. And um and I mean, I guess anything that's going to make a lot of money, uh, there's going to be an image uh, associated with it. But like, for instance, I think about like American football and like, first off, they're wearing so much armor, you know, like protection, <laughs> like you don't even know what they look like. And it's really, I, I mean, just to compare that, obviously that is like, you know, a huge like billion dollar industry and there is tons of political stuff and, and image, but I do feel like there seems to be on the surface just more of like, but if he can like play football really well, like that's gonna not like it won't be really an issue. I mean, I guess if you were like super controversial, loudmouth, whatever, it could come into play. But that was Tanya's whole thing is that she, yeah, she like loved like rock and roll and she liked to work on her car and like things that really were like sort of like tomboy things. And it is funny to think about how. I mean, we're talking early night. We're talking like thir you know thirty years ago, but how even so much of a conversation of that like that would still be really like kind of seen as strange or odd or against the grain to be like a tomboy in figure skating. Um, I think yes and no. I mean, there was recently in the Winter Olympics. There's a Russian skater by the name of Alexandra Trusova, and she is an absolute daredevil um she does as many quad jumps so that's four revolutions in the air as as the men if not more than the mm -hmm. men and she easily is, too like yeah, easily easy it was crazy and she her body is just so muscular yeah and you know she's the olympic silver medalist so mm -hmm. i think there there has been a shift in that mm -hmm. um however back in Tanya and Nancy's time, I will 100% agree with mm -hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really interesting how the US, USFSA, which is now the USFS, I think, um, but US Figure Skating Association. <laughs> I didn't realize they changed the name. I, they change it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they really had these like different personas for them. And like Nancy Kerrigan grew up with brothers only. Like she wanted to play hockey. Mm -hmm. And so in my opinion, she was just as much of a tomboy mm -hmm. as Tanya. But then they, the USFSA gave her Vera Wang, for example. So her costumes are made by Vera Wang. Well, obviously she's going to look like an ice princess if Vera Wang is making your dresses. Right. Um, and then, you know, Tanya, they just kind of left her to her own devices. Right. And she, I mean, she was like having to make her 
costumes. She had no no didn't one have wanted... any resources, and yeah. sometimes they would be like yeah. falling apart. Or there's that famous picture with the where the laces are like, you know, she's like crying to the judge, like literally crying because like her laces came undone. And she's I mean, like begging like, please let me like go again. Yeah, I mean, so, she had no money, and yeah. no one was endorsing her, and Nancy was just this image that everyone wanted their hand the hands mm-hmm. in, and like I mean, Campbell soup. Yeah. like endorsed her which <laughs> yeah. is kind of we, weird yeah we played, it, honest, we played but, it that clip and yeah. it's really funny to think but about yeah i mean tanya she already came from no money she was already struggling to get some sort of recognition and it just seemed like no matter what she was doing no one really cared like no matter like landing the triple axel was just the biggest one of the biggest feats at the time and mm-hmm. still no one really cared yeah and, which is crazy to yeah, me I, um so i just felt like sh- it just I, when you look back on it it's like she really just had one obstacle after another and she was having to do everything on her own whereas mm-hmm. Nancy was just being pushed put on this huge pedestal one after the other and yeah, yeah she had a lot easier yeah but you could potentially say like this this Alexandra Trusova like potentially like if she has a different image I mean we're in just a, a different time that's maybe more accepting of say like yeah. a different role or whatever and um so I do want to back up to y'all. Um, <laughs> so y'all started competing at seven. Um, so at this point, I think both of you had started after 94, which is when this scandal broke. Correct. But within like Lisa for you is 95 and Haley for you 97. So very like hot off the heels of this. So what I would really like to know um, what the listeners would like to know is kind of like ha- this had to have been like a thing. Like, I mean, in a basic way, probably like don't be a Tanya Harding or like <laughs> it had to have been almost like a locker room joke or even something that the coaches said or the parents said. So I would love to kind of hear how you as like new, like budding, like just getting into it, how maybe the myth of Tanya Harding kind of played into your psyche. <laughs> You want to go? <laughs> so it's such a deep question, actually. You can start wherever you want. If it's just like the first time you heard about Tanya Harding, I mean, maybe that's even a better way to start. Like, how? what was your first memory of, like, Tanya Harding? Was it your mom? Was it the coach? The news? Like, how did you hear about her? And then how did you think about her, you know? So I think maybe if we can just take it <clears throat> to a higher level here, Tanya, the Tanya-Nancy scandal literally made figure skating in the u.s it it, figure skating for for that let's call it 94 to 2000 was one of the most popular sports in the united states i mean these professional shows and competitions were selling out um which is unheard of for figure skating now in 2022 so just that lasting impression that it had on the US public, their fascination with the sport, I think is so huge that of course, Lisa and I were were automatically sucked into that. And you, it was kind of a subconscious thing because you know, we're three and five years old. We don't understand right. mm-hmm. 100% everything that's happened, but we know that figure skating is very popular and you know that it comes from this particular Olympics in 1994. Mm-hmm. And I remember for myself, my mom had recorded it on a VHS tape. So that's who 
that's the competition that I would watch growing up. Okay. And it would, and to be fair, that Olympics overall was a phenomenal Olympic Games. I mean, you had Ekaterina Gordieva, Sergei Grinkov, um, you had, um, you had Oksana Bayul, Nancy Kerrigan, um, you had a really fantastic men's long program. I think Ermanov ended up winning, but I you had Victor Petrenko. Uh, yeah. Paul Wiley Paul was Wiley, there. Yeah, right. I think Paul yeah. Wiley was there. Or was he 92? I can't remember. But anyways, it was just a really great Olympics overall. Like mm-hmm. some of the, the competitors there are like the all-time greats of figure skating. Mm-hmm. So growing up watching that, of course, the scandals in there. Um, and at that point... Um, figure skating as well as gymnastics they loved a fluff piece mm-hmm. um so there was all these fluff pieces on the nancy tanya drama that i would watch on the vhs tape and right. and it was always sort of in my mind uh, um but it definitely fueled that wave of popularity of figure skating in the u.s so there so there you're saying there were like a lot of just like iconic skaters at the time um but then but you do feel that the drama kind of it oh, led yeah. to more people wanting to do it. Americans more. love a good drama. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So. so the drama kept that kept people's attention. Mm-hmm. And then that attention carried for years after mm-hmm. those Olympic games. So it really was quite a pivotal moment for the sport in both a negative and a positive right. manner, in my opinion. That's interesting. And it was just cause a couple like, idiots <laughs> decided to that yeah, um just... decide to attack nancy kerrigan um <laughs> with their like their blundering criminal ideas so now what about you lisa as far as just like when you're starting how did what was your perception of tanya harding you're like a seven yeah well, i mean i so i mean i started when i was five it was maybe like right after so there was another not a scandal but a sort of skating incident that happened where Yukatina Gordieva and Sergei Grinkov, um, they were um, practicing. They were like on the Stars on Ice show, and during one of the practices, Sergei Grinkov actually had a heart attack Whoa. and died like shortly. I, I think, think he was like 27, 28. 28. Yeah, yeah, he was 28. And so that was so that was kind of like happening right before I started skating, kind of why the comment made about I look kind of like her because it was all over the news right after the whole Tanya Harding. Uh, because people cared about figure skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like sort of, it sort of was like a rippling effect. Like this crazy thing happened and then this other like crazy heart attack happened to this 28-year-old. Um, did, did she die? Well, Sergey Greencuff, the he died. Oh, oh, he yeah, died. He, oh. he had a heart attack. Like while he was on, on the practice the on the ice and practice oh. for this Stars and Ice show, and then they had Whoa. to wheel him out. Like there were other skaters there that talked about remembering when it happened. So I kind of started right after, and also my family's the background of my family's Russian, so that was kind of a huge thing in our family, I guess, because they were pretty. I mean, skating in the Russian world um, is obviously a huge thing, and everyone knows all the athletes and stuff. So they're kind of like our NBA players. I I think it's maybe a way to describe it except that they're now these like teenage girls but they are set on such a high pedestal yeah. in Russian culture exactly yes so it was just a huge shock to I think our family so I remember I started off it was my parents obviously didn't care about the whole Tanya and Nancy thing so it wasn't something <laughs> that was really but uh it was not something that was really talked about in the house but 
when um, I started competitively skating, it was Tanya was something that was sort of brought up as joke as a joke a lot. Like, <laughs> you know, the coaches would kind of make these backhanded comments being like, you know, oh, don't you know, you don't want to look like a Tanya uh-huh. or like yeah. Um, just, yeah, you want to like, you know, just showing up at the practice ice even just, you know watch how your look over there you know you're kind of starting to look a little bit like tanya there and, and i don't know it's just and a, so, yeah and would that just be <laughs> and exactly like what about it would elicit those jokes um just you know when you know if you've ever i don't know if you sit through a private ice session <laughs> which Haley can probably recollect when things would get heated a lot of times in practice ice you know you have people trying to do their routines during ice and you're kind of fighting over the space on the ice too. And so, you know, when you've got all these teenage girls in one ice trying to compete and trying to prepare, you know, a lot of uh, hormonal reactions happen a lot. And so I think sort of that would be like, uh, if you're like kicking the ice or like, you know, hitting the boards, that was sort of be the reaction of like, you know, don't act like a, a Tanya or a Tanya. Like, yeah. <laughs> but now, did, but she didn't really do that much. Oh, did yes. she? She yeah. did. So she yeah, was, like, she was hot headed. Okay. I mean, she was also think about I mean, remember how she was practicing in the middle of a mall right. at that ice mm-hmm. rink and when she was getting all that media attention, I mean, she would fall on the ice and everyone would be watching, watching her yeah. and I mean, I just like I think back, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I never had to go through anything like that. Oh but my, yes. um yeah, like sh- I mean, she still behaved like, you know, as anyone would in that scenario or any any of us w- did back then it's just you have a hundred eyes on you but you're expected to keep like this composure even though the pressure is huge and like any little frustration would probably set like a normal person off but you're still supposed to somehow just seem like you know yeah keep the composure yeah yeah um and then that's and that is also kind of the sad part of the tanya harding story is because ultimately the attack was not her doing. It was not something she orchestrated. Yes, she might have known about it after the fact, but she gets associated with this thing. And then, like, because in my mind, what I mean by that is, like, yeah, if people get hot-headed, sure, like, it might be a reputation, but once something like a scandal of the attack blows open, it's so much easier to then go back and be like, oh, well, remember when she kicked the ice or she was hot or had a tantrum, once you associate with like an attack, you're like, oh yeah, she's gonna blow any second. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, so. she, it just was this sort of, it just was never gonna end for her basically. Because right. no matter what she was gonna do, they were just, if she if she missed missed up once, it was like, immediately it was gonna tie in back to that And she was incident. like the butt of so many jokes. And yeah. then I think because so many people maybe didn't know a lot about figure skating or maybe it was new to them, it's very easy to make like a really dumb joke because you're just you right. don't even know anything about like I still don't really know a lot about figure skating so it's you're just, gonna learn today <laughs> it's, but it's like it, I call it the Jay Leno effect because I feel like anytime I watch I mean I don't remember the last time but like anytime Jay Leno makes a joke on something you're like this fucking issue is dead and like Jay Leno's joke is proving that like there's no more good jokes about it and so I feel like that's kind of where it got uh, i actually saw like an snl with nancy kerrigan on it and uh all of the skits are so bad they're so cringe they're, they're extremely cringy uh because it's just basically a series of jokes about the fact that she got beaten up you know and it's like very <laughs> awkward and you can tell that 
I'm also not the biggest fan of SNL, but like you can tell that they were really trying to do something edgy. Um, but Lisa, if you do, if you care to share, um, <laughs> you did, you mentioned some of this competition and the hormones and you did, you did tell me a story off the mic that if you want to tell me, yeah. if you want to share it. Of, um, of course, Haley, you're going to love this. <laughs> and I'll tell you who. No names. Was, no, well, no names, names. I'll tell on, you who was off maybe that's the, what we're, off we were the saying mic. That's, our, that's gotta be our Patreon <laughs> thing is now we'll, we'll tell all Ooh. the names on the Patreon. Ooh. But uh, no, we're not going to do that this time, but uh, maybe in the future. <laughs> but yeah, tell, tell the story. Um, so um, I was, it was at a last, my last regionals competition, which for everyone, so you know what a regionals competition is. It's basically a competition that you need to go through before you can end up in nationals and then U.S. national championships. There's, I think, a middle sectionals, sectionals championships yeah. in the middle, but like you, this, you start off with regional uh, championships. And so... This is my third one, and I'm in this group with this girl who I'd been competing against with for like maybe two seasons at this point, and she was really good, always winning everything. She was kind of, basically, you have always these girls around the regions that would always sort of win everything, and sometimes I feel like, I don't know if you found this when you were competing, Haley, but like, I feel like they kind of got a lot of slack <laughs> a lot of times when, yes, after did. a certain point where they just were always just automatically on top, even if they made it some mistakes and someone else below them had skated a clean program it was like a reputation because it was a rep and they and if they and um and because it is there is an element of subjectivity yes oh absolutely i mean it's humans judging humans yeah so even at a regional level you had this and so um we have our basically this one round this round that i'm in it's the round, the last round before finals so you have to make i think it was top three it was either top three or top four but so this girl goes ahead of me so I'm supposed to skate after her um she does a spin she finishes her spin in her program and I'm not watching this by the way this is something that I learn later on but so um she does her spin she gets out of it and she pukes on the ice and so she gets off the ice they clean up the puke and they tell me my coach tells me that she had puked in the ice (laughs) And that's why he got cut short or like, so he comes in where I'm like in one of those, like, you know, I can't remember at the rinks, you have those like, like the locker, the rooms. locker rooms. And yeah. so he comes in earlier than I'm anticipating. He's just like, okay, you're going to get on now. And I'm like, what do you wait? This it's kind of fast. And he was like, yeah, well, cause the girl before you puked in the ice, they've cleaned it up, but it's time for you to go. And so I get on the ice and of course, all I'm thinking about is, am I going to be skating over <laughs> right. chunks how of this puke? How do you clean up like, <laughs> vomit on ice? I, my mom said that they saw them like kind of sc- scoop it up. <laughs> that sounds so gross. Because <laughs> so, she was in the stands watching this just kind of like, okay, this is weird. And so I skate. Of course, I don't skate as well because I'm just so preoccupied with, am I going to be skating over whatever they could have been missed somewhere on the ice in my program? So I didn't skate as well. This girl, <laughs> she gets to skate her, redo her whole program at, once everyone else finishes. So Are you serious? Everyone finishes off, and this girl gets to go back and redo her skate. Yeah, and that seems... I mean, you puking... I mean, that doesn't feel like it should qualify as, like, a reason to redo, right? No. I mean... But was she one of the... I'm just going to call them regionals queens. Yes. Ah, okay. So, guess who wins the whole event? <laughs> this girl. Yeah. Guess who yeah. gets fourth place and doesn't go to the finals? 
myself. <laughs> so you got, you would, if this hadn't happened, you would have gotten third. You would have advanced. I probably would have not had in my head the whole time that I could be skating over someone's vomit and yeah. probably would have been more focused and done better. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't what happened. And I think probably a couple months after that, I sort of was like going through this. Do I want to do this anymore? I'm really, wow. that, that, that ruined like it for me. Formative <laughs> puke. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I so empathize with her because there is nothing. There are two placements in figure skating that are the worst. There's silver second because you're so close to gold. Right. And there's fourth. Mm -hmm. I would rather be 10th then be fourth. Yeah. Because fourth, for the most part, means that you didn't make it to the next. You were the first person that didn't make it. Yep. And the first loser. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah you're the, the first loser. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Um, which I mean, in highly competitive yeah. situations is very real. Yeah. Yeah. And so. if you're, I mean, you're, if you're in ice skating, you're probably generally a pretty competitive person. And when you're a very competitive person, getting that fourth place spot makes you very mad yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah especially when you know the girl right that caused this problem got to just redo her whole program yeah so, so. that i love that i guess the story is kind of i think this is what i'm sort of getting from all this is that basically there was of course the attack i mean that and that's the dump of it but it's kind of y'all are helping like really sort of kind of uh flesh out the whole sort of very intricate and political uh backdrop for which all of this happened um which i guess i think is what kind of maybe like the the dump of it of the attack is what kind of really made the national news but then all it seems like a lot of this like very interconnected political drama is kind of what sort of compounded and then really kind of the, it, it led to like this fallout sort of this aftermath and also just there does seem to be and as as in often highly competitive situations some some very sort of like unhealthy kind of uh trends or traits um just below the surface yeah i think the prettier you have to look in the sport probably the more ugly it is underneath it um definitely definitely a, a dark sport at times i think there's some things being put into place to hopefully hopefully change that but i think the whole tanya nancy situation showed that dark underbelly mm -hmm. of of the sport that everybody thought was so glamorous and perfect and i think i think uh, as time has passed we have more empathy for Tanya because she really did get the short end of the stick every single time, just like Lisa did because of the puke, you know, like that was, yeah. those yeah. situations were happening to Tanya Sucked. almost like all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, right. But I think the thing that, that I hope people understand is that the attack on Nancy, even if it hadn't happened, I don't think anything about the Olympics would have changed. I think people, and I think Tanya's friends, let's call them, <laughs> thought that if they took Nancy out, Tanya would somehow win the gold in the Olympics. Right. I mean, the, the whole thing was extremely misguided. Yes. They were they were watching too many movies. <laughs> and this is, of course, uh, her ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, um, and his friend... Um, That's it. 
Sean, Sean Eckhart. Yeah, Sean Eckhart. Um, and these, and I mean, almost to the point, I mean, Galuli was so abusive that it's like, I mean, yeah, in a way, almost like she was, she had not really like escaped this cycle of being in this abusive relationship. Right. Um, and she was supremely naturally gifted, but to be quite honest, she was in much better physical condition in the 92 Olympics than in the 94 games. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people just skip over is mm-hmm. that she herself, because she had continued to live in this cycle of abuse, yeah. she was not in great physical or nor mental condition. Right. And so at the at the 94 Olympics, you kind of just saw, sadly, the complete unraveling of a human being being in in some ways and i have such empathy for that because that is the world's biggest stage and you are literally out there by yourself there is nobody to save you right um and so i think uh, the more we move away from the situation hopefully the more empathy people have for tanya not that what what happened was correct by any means but just her situation was horrible in a sport that can be quite horrible mm-hmm. on on the un- underside of it so yeah 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 and i guess that was also and maybe that was i mean i was definitely part of the motivation for the attack was just like like galuli being like fuck like if tanya's like not as good of a skater like this cash cow might not last forever. Like I might not be able to ride her coattails. So like let in an act of desperation, right, right. If we take out, you know, Nancy Kerrigan, maybe, maybe that'll level the playing field. So again, I mean, the, even just thinking about it, it's such a dumb, <laughs> it's so dumb idea, but then it's funny how stupid it was, but it's also serious how deeply it like fucked with this person's life who was already giving so much terrible, yeah, Shit and I on. also felt bad for the fallout of it because Lisa knows this as well. There are people in figure skating that have done far more egregious things that are still standing at the side of the boards coaching today um, that had very successful careers and they weren't banned from U.S. figure skating. Yeah. They weren't banned from performing in shows and making that money. Yes. Um, and she was. And so they really took away her livelihood um, because also, as Lisa probably knows, skating is a full-time job, especially at the very highly competitive levels. So it's not like Tanya had a lot of other skills to fall back on. Right. She didn't really have a plan B. Right. Um, so. Maybe auto repair. Auto repair. <laughs> yeah. That's she she was able, I mean, and then I guess because of it, she was able to use her celebrity as a job. But, you know, that's always... That can you know, be fleeting, I, right? It can be fleeting, and I think she's in a, a better place now. Um, I mean, but. I think that I think it seemed like the USFSA was sort of looking for a reason to get rid of this girl. I mean, yeah. it's just if you watch and just see, I mean, even just I watched the 92 Olympic performances, and I don't know if you went back and watched those because Nancy Kerrigan did horrible. Yes. Really bad. And she somehow placed third, I think. Yes. She Tan- was bronze medalist. Yeah. Tanya landed like five solid triples. Her spins were fast. Her spins were amazing. And she got fourth. And it was, it was that was the year that Christy Yamaguchi won the whole thing. And then Majori Ito, she landed this spectacular triple axel in the second half of the program, which now in our new judging system, she would have gotten so many points because you get extra points now if mm-hmm. you like 
if you land jumps in the second half of your program. So like if you have this new system that we do have now, which um, they changed in 2000. After the scandal in 2002. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. Then I feel like Tanya would have definitely have no, I mean, no questions would have meddled that Olympics, but because it was on this old system, Nancy, who did horrible, still got third place. And Tanya was like in fourth place. So I just felt like it just, even then it was like all over, like everyone was just trying to find a reason to just get rid of this girl. Mm-hmm. And a reason to like make Nancy the, the, v- ice, prince. the, the ice princess. The ice princess. Yeah, it was just, yeah. It, and I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah, it's it very frustrating goes, to watch. <laughs> it's very frustrating. It kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like they gave Nancy the nice dresses. Why couldn't Tanya have the nice dresses? Yeah. Um, but I think also in that, when we're talking about this new system versus old system, you and I are just sitting here shaking our heads at each other, but we should maybe explain that yeah. like there there was the traditional judging system in skating, which you spoke about a little bit in the two-parter podcast, which is yeah. the 6-0 system. So mm-hmm. you would get one mark for technical merit out of a 6.0 and then one mark for artistic presentation out of a 6.0 and those two marks um in the free program the artistic mark would always outweigh the technical mark um which is weird it seems it's the eternal debate of figure skating (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's probably a whole different podcast but anyways (laughs) moving on um so it is quite confusing to an outsider very well even just the num even the number of like skating associations and like the tiers of competition seems very intimidating as a for her research oh i am sure Um, and lisa and i were both really impressed with how well you handled that because it's confusing even to us yeah (laughs) so um anyways there's the six oh judging system which is what tanya and nancy were were under and Mm -hmm. To be honest, that was pretty clear at the end of the day because you got two marks and whoever got the highest marks won. Um, Now there is the new judging system, which assigns a base value of points. It's open-ended. So in the old judging system, you could only get a six. A six was perfect. Okay. This one is an open-ended code. um, And so you have a base value of points assigned to a jump. So when she's talking about a triple axel... A triple axel is going to be way more valuable than a double axel because right. it's way harder. It makes me think of a video game where literally like it's like 3x points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like what it is. And then how you how you um perform that jump, like how it basic how you complete it, you can get like less or more points. So basically if you skate and you kind of like it's like they call it like a chippy triple axel where it's like maybe a little bit under rotated. You'll probably lose some points on it. But if you skate, if you end up jumping like a huge triple axel, you could probably get extra points for how you ended up. And Tanya had doing a it. huge yeah, triple axel. Yeah, she had a massive one. Her and Midori Ito had yeah. both had like huge triple axels. Yeah. yeah. And this was but, 30 years ago. It's yeah. insane. So um, do you think that this new scoring system is better I think it would have helped someone like Tanya yes. a mm-hmm. lot okay. because it's less subjective mm-hmm. when it comes to the technical content, which Tanya had very good technical content. Mm-hmm. Um, she would probably still not rank as high as an Oksana Bayul in skating skills or musical interpretation mm-hmm. because Oksana was just, you could tell the years of ballet training were there and, and Tanya mm-hmm. didn't have mm-hmm. that. Right. 
But on the jumps and the spins, mm-hmm. it's why someone like an Alexander Trusova that I mentioned earlier yes. mm-hmm. is able to be so competitive because if it was in the old system, it would not, she would not have an Olympic silver mm-hmm. medal probably. Um, and so for Tanya, unfortunately, it's the reverse for her. So right. if she was growing up in this new system, I feel like she would definitely have more of a chance. And when, and when did it change? It changed after yet another figure skating scandal, Parks. I know. Oh, yeah. And y'all yeah. mentioned this, too. Yeah, in 2002. Um, with uh-huh. the, uh, yeah. It was uh, the Canadian uh, pair skaters with the Russian pair skaters. And they put the Russian pair skaters in first. And the Canadians had skated cleanly. The Russian skaters, they had like one or two mistakes so in their program. out of a double axle. Yeah. And basically, there was a French judge that favored the... Russian pair skater but later on there was just all the someone tipped off I guess the uh, Olympic committee yeah there's a really good documentary on Peacock about it Mm -hmm. um, because it was the 20th anniversary this past Olympic cycle Mm. yeah Um, yeah. so you know I mean anyways someone tipped off the Olympic committee that this French judge was paid to vote in oh. favor of the Russian pair okay. skaters. Yeah. I mean, it gets into the Russian mafia. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's wow. crazy. Yeah, it's, um, but, you know, so, but that relates to just like judges getting paid off. So still, how does that well, because affect if, the change of the system itself and not just trying to crack down on corruption? Because here, there's no, you can't, like they if they complete an element, they have to get those points. It's not, it's not something that they can just give like a general technical score and then a general, um, what was it? What was the second? It was presentation mark. Yeah, Yeah, the presentation mark. So like that was a little bit like, you can decide the presentation wasn't your style. They kind of go into, there's a Eastern style of skating and then the Western style of skating. And the French judge was talking, they actually interviewed her in this documentary, but she talks about how she prefers the Eastern Russian style of skating and not the Canadian sort of Western style. Completely her own prerogative. Right. But in this new system, that would have never even been a question. Exactly. So, Also in this new system, the points from the short program are combined with the points from the long program or the free program, as Lisa has said. So the Russians may still very well would have won because their short program was outstanding. Right, right. And so this judging system changeover came because they didn't want one single person to be able to throw an entire Olympic result into ah. such a cluster so i see um wow i mean yeah that is very um yeah that is dump worthy it we, is we, dump worthy we but were, that's gotta we were, be like 50 episodes down the line because right, people right. are really sick of figure skating at this point um, i feel like i mean there was see. some crazy drama this recent olympics too oh yeah, yeah. yeah. the parks as well <laughs> yeah yeah what was that can what lisa and i just come that? back indefinitely <laughs> no i'm loving this i mean it is like i'm like holy shit i'm also just staring at like a wikipedia of like 5.7 5.8 5.9 i'm like this is just it's just funny that this these tiny decimals and it's just like such a, a big deal. A, a tenth is a big deal. I mean, a tenth is a huge deal. Obviously, it's enough to like it, throw it, a result. You by, yeah. but um, it was just 
back then, I remember even my coach having some opinion about it. He usually kind of didn't care for all the drama, but he even was just like, eh, I think the Russians are better still or something like that when yeah. like, all that stuff came out. Yeah, and I mean, and- we love <laughs> we love sporting scandals. I mean, we, yeah. we did a dump on uh, Lance Armstrong and that was Ooh, fascinating. That's a big one. Um, I mean, turns out he was absolutely like orchestrating everything with it and actually seemed kind of like a terrifying person the more we learned about him. Um, so yeah, everyone, everyone loves a good sporting scandal. But what, what was I mean, the thing that happened recently? I think it's really funny. This kind of leads into that. I'll let you tell about it. Um, but the last three decades, the biggest scandals in sports have all been figure skating related. And Olympic sports have been figure skating related. Hmm. You had Nancy Tanya in 94. Right. You had... Um, Bereshnaya and Sikrilitsa and Sally and Peltier yeah, in yeah, yeah. The 2002, Canadian. the yeah. Pairs scandal, 2002. Um, okay, maybe we can skip over the the mid, like the 10s here, but going into the 20s, where we are now, now you have Camila Valieva and the doping scandal. So, oh, and I mean, doping's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, but. let's just be real. I mean, there's like another documentary that, um, it's like actually following the cyclist, the cyclist, oh, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. And they kind of talk about how like the, the director of WADA was also the head of the state doping program in Russia. So like that wasn't a very big shocker, <laughs> but, uh, but it, the problem is, is the amount of media attention they focus on this poor 15 year old girl who mm, clearly yeah. wasn't making this decision on her own. Yeah. And clearly the training that she was undergoing was, I mean, the, these girls are, the top Russian girls, skaters, are all coming from this one camp of mm-hmm. this one coach. And you can, I can tell by how they all skate. They kind of all skate the same to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a, but, uh, <laughs> it's a method. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. they are obviously under, it's, I think Tatiana Tarasova's, I don't know if you know that coach name. Yeah. yeah Tatiana Tarasova's like whole camping program, like coaching program, but they are under so much strenuous training, like seriously crazy training. These girls are just, as we were saying, they're like the NBA players of Russia. Yeah. Like they so, are like a LeBron James. Yeah, sort of I mean, stature. they have so many of these girls that they're just prepping up, ra- waiting to go to the next Olympics. It's yeah. like they go through each of them pretty quickly. But I mean, the fact that they found this doping in her system wasn't really that shocking, but it's just the fact that they went after this poor girl so much about how you know she shouldn't be skating she shouldn't be doing this and that like they shouldn't have let her skate and yeah. I just to me it was more so like why are we focusing on the training that these girls are going under the, and the abuse the really? abuse and, yeah and when was this uh this February past, yeah this okay, past Olympics gotcha. and no one was talking about the coaching or mm-hmm. what the coaches were doing the kind of training that these girls are undergoing yeah and it was just this 15 year old girl should not be skating and mm-hmm. I just thought this 15 year old girl does not know what they're being given, what they're giving her. I mean, you and I both had Russian coaches growing up. Yeah. And I remember very distinctly having um, vitamins, quote unquote, given to me. And the bottles were marked in Cyrillic. So I had no idea. That's sketchy. (laughs) Super sketchy. I don't know if I got that. You don't know what it was? I have no idea. I I, I have a very solid hypothesis about what it was. What do you think it was? I think it was probably Lupron, mm-hmm. um, which is a puberty blocker. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. that was a thing. Would that, what would blocking 
puberty. I'm so like out of I told you we could right get here. dark if we really wanted no, to. No, I love it. I mean, I feel like you just like admit to being doped on the show, so I'm loving it. Um what would what would that Allegedly. Alleged no, you don't know, but you had like vitamins from a sketchy and how old were you? Uh, 11, 12. Okay. So so that would be like when right before you would be hitting puberty exactly. generally. So normal for normal people. Yeah. And so what what is that? Yeah, how would that I'm like how would that make uh, you a better skater? I remember now. I mean, I didn't get it because I think this coach would know if my parents saw that. Mm. There would be no end to that. Like there would be no way that she, she I I know I never was given that, but I did hear about this. Yep. Um and I think their daughter was being given that. That is as well. correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I think the daughter was um, maybe in between our ages. Yeah. Um, so kind of in the middle of us. Um, and so these, uh, allegedly, these uh, vitamins were given to us um, to make us win. Mm-hmm. So you have to realize in figure skating, you spend more time with your coaching staff and your main coach especially than you do with anybody else. It's hours per day. So you really start to trust them especially as a young kid and going you know growing up i mean they're like your second parent I yeah mean, i i looked at, to my coach as basically like my second dad yeah i mean i wasn't yeah. doing anything like that when i was five years old yeah yeah um <laughs> but maybe more specifically the drug what it did so when you're jumping you're basically when you're skating you have to learn your center of gravity yeah and when you put on like two pounds, that can change your center of gravity and that can affect how you jump and spin, especially jumping. So basically you have to shift your whole, I mean, the way that you're taking yeah. off and stuff because you have this extra weight, you have to maybe go faster or maybe you jump higher. When you, you have, to have st- stronger legs. Exactly. So when you're going through puberty, obviously with women, they're growing, you know, boobs. Yeah. And that. And hips. And hips. And so like you're your whole center of gravity is changing and you have to adjust to your jumps and you start jumping probably for the couple of first couple of months, probably jumping really badly. You're falling Mm -hmm. all the time because you're having to adjust or you can't complete the rotation or something like that because, okay, this is not a video cast, but Mm -hmm. for a visual reference, I'm holding up a pin. Okay. A pin can spin through the air Mm -hmm. a lot easier Mm -hmm. than let's just take my cup here mm-hmm. because it's wider, you yes. know? And so mm-hmm. just literal physics, Yeah. if you are very thin and you don't have any boobs or hips or a butt or anything like that, it's a lot easier to compete uh, with these jumps and do them consistently. Right. Um, Big and titties make you less aerodynamic. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's more yeah. weight. It's more weight on it's you. More it's more weight, weight on so your boots. For, for Ryan to... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're on these boots. These boots weigh like three pounds uh-huh. on yeah. your feet. I mean, so you have to add into that factor as well. Yeah. So it's just... It's, and and yeah. to be fair, even in, in men's skating today, if you look at these men who are performing these quad jumps, they all have a similar body type, which is yeah. this very thin oh, almost trim. yeah and very small very small <laughs> yes. very lithe i guess is yeah. a good a good way to describe them so anyways this these vitamins were were given to me under the guise that it would 
make me win. Mm -hmm. And of course, because I trusted my coach, as we discussed, because she was like a second mother, I took them without Mm. ever thinking. And so I kind of wanted to make that point of like, this is not this young 15 year old girl's prerogative. She was probably like, hey, these will make you win. Uh This will make you faster. This will make you stronger. And certainly wasn't like an it sounds like an orchestrated like Lance Armstrong knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Right. But he was also um, a grown ass man when he was doing. Right. This. He knew right. what he was doing and he was a grown ass man. Um, sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, so shell shocked a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm, no, I'm yeah. I'm a little blown away by this. Like, do you know how, about how long you were taking it? These uh, thr- do good pills basically. Oh, they, and uh, basically until that coach um, departed. Mm-hmm. So I uh, probably until I was six, I want to really now I, I mean this say? you don't have to answer this and we but like but do you feel like it in any way like affected your like adolescent development oh, oh yes yeah oh yeah this is crazy well, <laughs> I was like this think, is wild think skating about, affects it anyways well right and I know like gymnasts and dancers are like extremely compact and there is like some growth development from just their bodies being compacted you know. Yeah. Well, um, remember I was mentioning the, that that um, skater that died and he was 28 from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was 28. I mean, you can put two and two together. Like, yeah. no one who's. I mean, they said yeah. that he was di- in supreme to be shape, in such yeah. good shape, and to die at 28. He, yeah, from a heart attack, like right, a right, right. massive. Like heart attack. they said that his dad also died from a heart attack, but like no one dies at 28 from a heart attack. Right. That's yeah, crazy. That's extremely rare. Who's uh, yeah. a two-time Olympic champion and extremely fit. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody does that. So yeah. there is rumors. Um, so a lot of skating is, is um, a lot of things in skating are kept under the radar. Yeah. But if you're in that world, you hear these rumors and you know that they're probably not really rumors. They're actually true. Mm-hmm. So for him, I had heard cardiac glycosides which made him able to train longer. Mm-hmm. And um, for um, this past Russian, um, this past 15-year-old Russian, yeah. I had also heard some type of heart medication. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy when yeah. I hear about, because then you're, I'm literally like, I didn't even know this shit existed. I mean, like part of the Lance Armstrong thing was the ability to like regenerate blood cells faster and I was right. like that's like even a thing that exists i mean and also they were switching blood oh yeah um, i heard about oh were, yeah they, they cut a they hole would, in the wall to they, switch out the urine and, uh, no, <laughs> oh. no, no, no 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 blood they would take oh I didn't they would know take that. a they would they would go to like a sketchy motel i mean it basically feels like a drug dealer and then they would extract blood like just enough so it wasn't detrimental and then they would like re it was enough to like recover from it quickly and then the body's like regaining those blood cells huh. and then like a few days later they would re-inject their own blood back into their no body way. so that then they would have like more blood <laughs> and from there they could like re- then their lungs could recover faster so they could breathe I mean, that was basically kind of the thing is that Lance Armstrong, like, basically was never winded. Yeah. Like, he never... But we are getting a little distracted. This is quite fascinating. <laughs> um, oh, my God. See, I was, but, yeah. but the thing so, is, like, yeah. when she said, 
oh nobody in figure skating was surprised about the doping mm-hmm. like yeah. literally no one that skated was shocked because right. everyone's like oh yeah and I so mean, but yeah. i do want to say i i want to bring it back i mean this is really fascinating i do want to bring it back to nancy and tanya so what's interesting because you know i would say i mean i didn't know about those particular scandals i would say the nancy and um tanya definitely one of the biggest sporting scandals in recent memory yeah um i would i would have to argue like Obviously, the Lance Armstrong, I think, and then uh, the baseball when um, McGuire, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa were beating the home run record, and oh. Barry Bonds also within a very short amount of time, the home run record got like absolutely obl- obliterated, um, and it turned out Sammy Sosa was corking bats, McGuire was taking steroids, Barry Bonds taking steroids. My whole point of that is that oftentimes these scandals are these very like especially when it comes to steroids and stuff it's like very premeditated it's very like everyone's implicit in it for the most part except for this 15 year old like russian if you're too young but usually it's kind of very hush hush and like sort of part of a system and what makes the the tanya thing so interesting is like it wasn't it kind of <laughs> no, was this like insane <laughs> fluke and it wasn't even like her plan at all so like i think that that's does make it very unique it wasn't this like systematic thing it really was this like very bizarre thing that happened and no people have gotten attacked and killed in sports as a way to level the playing field but those yeah, but not but in not, figure skating yeah, like i think that was <laughs> steroids or like somehow paying off judges like that's going to be like most of your scandals so this one really or just like something unrelated like the death of a big celebrity or big which is not really like a cheating thing that's just like it makes the news like dale earnhardt kobe bryant mm-hmm. so this it does feel really unique in that sense i am reading about apparently a the 2000 spanish paralympic basketball team was using people who were not technically handicapped oh, wow. which, um, oh, i'm like that might have <laughs> that, to be that's such a low blow that honestly. might have to be a dump right there yeah, that's, can, can you do some research into um, that one yeah it said that 10 of the 12 players were not mentally disabled and the spanish the spain team won uh i feel like a movie has had to be made about that so anyway but i'm um yeah so i i don't know we're we're, we're at like an hour now so, I mean, I'm feeling really good about this. Um, I'm trying to sort of like wrap it up. I mean, y'all have like been really incredible and covered like a lot, a, really a lot of stuff. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say as far as like figure skating or Tanya in general. Yeah, I do. I think um, it's kind of sad to think looking back on it. Like I was trying to think of how I remembered her when I was skating and I really didn't remember her much other than the coaches around the ring calling her trailer trash and just this person like just this like image that you don't want to be like and for the longest time I did not know that she was the second woman ever to land a triple axel in competition and so I just so you heard about the negative first yes like far before right it was yeah. not no one talked about her accomplishments mm. and that just breaks my heart thinking about it like I remember later on when I was an adult actually sitting down and reading about it and then not really realizing for the longest time that this woman landed a triple axel in 92, was it? 92, 91? 91. And like, just didn't know for so long. And I 
I don't know. I knew. Yeah, I, I knew, you're right. Yeah. I, I had no idea until much later yeah. what she had actually accomplished. Right. And so it's just, it's wow. sad to me to think about that that was what still, like in the 90s, the community did not care about mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. of that still. I mean, they we I knew about Midori Ito being the first one, but mm-hmm. she was, it's like a US lit woman yeah. Yeah. that just never got that recognition that she deserved. I mean, that's a that's a very beautiful uh, like summation of this. Um, quickly, did you see I Tanya? Yes, did I did. You see I Tanya? Yes. Um, did you did you think it? Do you think it's helping? Like I, I to me, it feels like it's giving her more sympathy. Can I? Well, I'm I'm gonna be petty for two seconds and be a snobby figure skater. The thing that really bothered me the most about I Tanya wasn't anything to do with like the storyline or how they abbreviated things or maybe over exaggerated things. It was the actual skating in the scenes because <laughs> yeah, I kind of, yeah. I know I'm with you at that. <laughs> First of all, Tanya Harding wore Harlick skating boots. Oh, okay. We're getting <laughs> right. I no, but what I want to say well, is some other company probably paid to have their skates in there. Right. But it like, it made such a difference because it's like a very iconic photo of her in 94 with her with foot the boot, with on the, the Yeah, yeah with, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. And with the gold blades, she had gold blades. She did have gold blades. And right. so when the skating scenes came on in my mind, it cheapened it a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, I will say the acting, ex- <laughs> especially from Allison Janney, I think her name the, was, who played the, the who, mom. Who played the mom. Oh, yeah, she was great. Um, and and mm-hmm. by the way, that mother is like the OG skating mother. Like that is peak skating mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, we didn't even really talk about that. Dang, y'all. Y'all are just like filling this. Yeah. yeah. But like, I didn't see any parrots at the cooler. I gotta no. say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But you probably did encounter. I mean, now if you want, you don't have to. But like, where your mom's like skating moms no, no my mom was always being talked to by all the skating moms and my mom was it was well so i skated like before school at like six from six to seven a.m Same. so like my mom was always just like very tired don't but talk you, to but me you knew but like you would encounter but, the oh, skating oh moms? Yeah, yeah they would they were yeah. bad yeah they were really bad even I'm in f- atlanta I'm oh sure yeah i've seen that show <laughs> dance moms um but, oh it's it's yeah, yeah. It's the same crazy show. Um, But anyways, Um, just to go back to your point, sorry, I I had to make my point about the skates Mm because there's not often places where I feel open to talk about it. (laughs) 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 But I, Tanya, I think it really did help uh, at least bring a new audience to that scandal and then also to figure skating. And Mm. I think it also that movie from everything that I've ever seen about that scandal was the most empathetic towards her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. she actually walked the red carpet with some of the actors and actresses. Yes. Yeah, with and Margot Robbie. I mean, she's yeah. one of the biggest stars, you know. Yeah. Um, so. And I, I do think that they were very careful in how they portrayed the abuse. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that in the best way, as in they were careful to make it obvious how abused she was Mm -hmm. and even if it's nothing to do with figure skating just having an insight into these abusive situations that a lot of athletes are in i think was was really big Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. i agree with that yeah and i guess that's kind of yeah that's sort of like this is so great but that's kind of like the, the the dump or that's something that we go for a lot is that um and obviously i think this movie did i think the movie was 
did a really good job, but I think part of a dump is sort of sometimes you have this very limited understanding of an event that you know a lot about, right? Yeah. So everyone knows about it, but do you know like what really happened? Because it's so easy in the public to kind of, um, oh, that was that that was that figure skater chick who like you know beat Beetle, someone but, up. Yeah. You know, like I mean, there was definitely a point in my younger years where like i just assumed that she did it i just assumed tanya harding like attacked nancy kerrigan because at some point it gets so like and also because i was too young to have actually been like really fully aware of the news at the time right um and then once you realize like oh no it was this guy and you're like oh it was her husband and you're like oh no actually it was her ex-husband and it just kind of depends sometimes it can there can be so many layers to like understanding like wow like actually the thing you think it was it wasn't and i think yeah, we did like the hot coffee, the coffee lawsuit, and it was like a similar situation there. Um, so, did you see I, Tanya, Lisa? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, it was, I I liked that they focused on the fact that she landed that triple axel, and yeah. they really sort of really focused on her background and kind of where she came from and how hard it was for her for so long. and. Yeah, I just even though like there were yeah obviously details in there that were not <laughs> accurate, um, but Hollywood. I think I think I think the important thing was that she, they, her story was told in some way from her perspective from her perspective and just under trying to understand where she was coming from and why you know she basically ended up covering helping cover it up after the fact and it wasn't. I mean, she was still in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And with multiple people. I mean, yeah. 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 So, was, like, it's just, there's so many more la- layers to it that mm-hmm. people just, I mean, the media just made it so, like, she, simple. And so, yeah. like, yeah. I don't know. I just, Something just the media know. doing what the media does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, y- thank you so much. Uh, this was incredible. I learned a lot about um, figure skating and, yeah, I really appreciated both of your insights onto this. Um, so that, so yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed this this bonus episode. Um, I don't know, it was very, it was like full of like enlightening information. Um, so if you liked that, if you were really into all of this deep dive into Tanya Harding and the uh, sometimes dark world of figure skating, may we suggest you uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, Ryan has been putting a ton of uh, material videos, articles related to this Tanya Harding story. Um, and we're always trying to provide you with extra content on patreon.com. Um, I've started my own sort of like radio show called WDUMP in which it's like a music based show. And I play culture dumps related music and get to pretend to be a shock jock. Uh, so we've got tons of great stuff there. Um, that's a patreon.com slash culture dumps for just all this extra material I'm talking about. And uh, we will have a new dump for you next week, as we always try to do. Um, follow us on Instagram, at Culture Dumps. And if you have any comments or suggestions, send us a DM or send us an email at culturedumps at gmail.com. I am Parks Miller, and I've been joined by Lisa and Haley. Keep on dumping.